Hey, what's up, guys? I'm Taylor Rapp, former Washington Husky defensive back, and you are tuned in to the Circling Seattle Sports Podcast. Hey, 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 welcome to episode 48. That's a, I've never started it like that. Yeah, one. right? Hey, hey, hey. Uh, <laughs> episode 48, we're going to keep moving. Uh, episode 48, the number 48, uh, should hold a good place in all of our hearts. Um, we have uh, kind of a rewash of all the same Russell Wilson news that continues to circle the, the media today just because everybody wants to, everybody ideally would like to have Russell Wilson as their quarterback. Especially if you, oh, I don't want to say that about Chicago. Hey, Chicago hey, could use hey, a quarterback. Hey. But, we could, you know. we could. Um, anyway, let's just get into it. Um, first off, we're not going to start with Russell as much as we'd like to. Uh, we're going to start with our Seahawks, as, uh, as always. Uh, the team has been linked to three tight ends this offseason. Uh, obviously, we've talked a little bit about Zach Ertz, and I believe a couple of weeks ago we talked about Jonu Smith, which is an interesting name. But... Uh, Apparently, also, um, the team has been linked to former Rams tight end Gerald Everett, and that has some merit uh, as well with Shane Waldron coming over here to Seattle to be the offensive coordinator. So three guys, obviously, this, you know, if we're thinking logically here, tight end should not be uh, number one or number two on any priority list here. I don't even know if you'd put it top three. Uh, but um, so firstly, who – like if we're taking in realism uh, and just like thinking, you know, as a realist, who, who would either of you, well, I'm not going to say either. I'm going to have you both answer it. Uh, who would you guys think is most likely to join Seattle? If any, this is saying, you know, if they find the money, cause obviously we're at the point right now where um, I think we're a few days out from the deadline for franchise tag really? and a couple of weeks out from free agency uh, itself starting. Uh, officially, but if any, if somehow they get the money, which should be done by extending people, please extend people, John Schneider. Uh, who would you pick? I'm going to start with Omar today. Uh, of those three, Gerald Everett, John O. Smith, or Zach Ertz, who would you think is most likely? Because obviously, um, Zach Ertz is still technically under contract with Philadelphia. Wait, wait, wait. yes, right? Yeah. Uh, and Gerald Everett and John New Smith are free agents. So what, what would you say uh, realistically, Omari? Uh, realistically, I think I would say – I really want to say Zach Ertz. I really just want him. Like, now, now I feel like that would be cool. Not if we had to choose, like, of getting another tight end, I would want to say Zach Ertz. But honestly, I feel like we're most likely going to get a Gerald Everett. Just uh, – You think that connection would be there with Waldron? Yeah, I feel sense. like I feel like when it comes to that, like when you have like a coaching connection in anywhere, like any connection outside of like other players, like when it comes to the levels of the, like the franchise, I feel like that always has something to do when it uh, comes to signing people. <coughs> JJ Watt. <coughs> God damn it. God damn it. <laughs> well, like I was saying it and I was like, he's going to bring up the whole JJ Watt thing, isn't he? Yeah, well, and, and we'll we'll talk about what the Russell thing, because that does <laughs> that does have some merit with our quarterback. Uh, Bennett, do you have disagreements with our friend Omari? I th- I think the only thing I disagree with is wanting Zach Ertz. Like I don't want Zach Ertz. Zach Ertz slander. I want a tight end. Period. I just I just want to state. Yeah, that. I, I'll agree there. I I, I don't want a tight end. A tight end right now would be pretty meaningless for the Seahawks, considering like. Okay, we have Disley and we have Hollister. Hollister at the end of the season was not my favorite guy on the team, um, just because he had a 
bunch of obvious drops and to be fair it wasn't hugely his fault because russell wilson was weirdly over targeting him near the end there mm. um but i mean we Is that have really a thing over targeting i believe that there's a force feeding the ball oh yeah okay yeah there, there was a few of those passes where dk would be open on like a crossing route and russ would just throw it down the middle to to hollister and it would like bounce off his hands and it was just like what are you doing, Russ? Okay. But I think, like, Zach Ertz to me, Zach Ertz to me is like a Greg Olson pickup, maybe a little less advanced in age, but I feel like we'd have the same result. Actually, yeah. I think more analogous would be Graham. A mm. little less talent on Ertz's behalf, just because, I mean, when we got Graham, he was still the best tight end in the league, pretty much. I mean, bar, bar Gronk. I think you could say that Jimmy Graham has better athletic ability than records. Oh, by far. I would, and that's why I was like, this this comparison is like only just because I think they're at similar points in their career. Oh, yes, 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 yes. Um, and I think that my ideal pick here would be Jonu Smith because I think he's a good blocking tight end, and I think he's a good receiving tight end. He got coached up by one of the better tight ends in the league for a couple of years, so I, I, I mean, I wouldn't mind him. But I will agree with Amari that realistically, yeah, if we're going to get somebody, it'd be Gerald Everett for all the reasons Amari said. I mean, he's got the connection with Waldron. He's ex- apparently expressed mutual interest. Um, and I mean... If he wants to come here on a team-friendly deal, by far and away, let's do it. Why not? I mean, it's an improvement at the position, I think, over Disley. Just barely, though, so it has to be a pretty team-friendly deal. I I just, I think with the mounting pressures uh, against the Seahawks to get O-linemen, the tight end is in the position we're looking at firsthand and foremost. Mm -hmm. And, you know, to be fair... Uh, in the Rams offense, this is a Ram. I'm saying this because obviously, uh, in past years, you know, uh, things have, you know, it's a different offense, but, uh, I don't think Gerald Everett would be necessarily a bad acquisition, but like you said, it, it, it depends on money. Um, and just to get back to the point, <laughs> we don't really need a tight end right now. I, it's, you know, it's not like adding a tight end would guarantee you an NFC championship berth. It's it's something that's like I don't really need it, but it would be okay, I guess. So you know, uh, the that's you know, it's, gluttonous. If I'm yeah, honest. I mean, it's it's only news because it's it's been they've been linked to them. I'd like to see them linked to some offensive linemen, but right? Hey, that's uh, shouldn't we hear something about that? That'd be nice, you know. Well, especially I mean, like the Seahawks after- when they signed Dunlap, it was pretty out of blue, out of the blue. Like it was pretty out of nowhere. That's yeah, I didn't true. think about trading for him, really. I was like, and, oh, hmm. And, like, Schneider works in mysterious ways, if we're honest. He does. Like the I guy, still remember hearing about the Graham trade. I was like, hmm. Like, the dude's got his fingers in everything. Like, he he, he Oh, knows. yeah. And they said they make that known. They're like, we're always looking at everything. He knows the league well. He probably knows the league better than a lot of GMs. And I'd say that makes him a good GM. But it also leads to some questionable decisions i.e. the Greg Olson, I feel like sometimes he makes these decisions based on the fact that he can. Mm. Like, he just goes, oh, sh- oh we, can, we can pull that off. 
so he does it and then it's like wait why'd we do that again so i i i'm really hoping that we don't do it with the tight end situation because i think what every salary cap we are able to open up should go to a blockbuster o-line trade or a free agent deal yeah, and it's it's uh, especially with uh, we're recording we record these on Monday with the news of JJ Watt signing with the Arizona Cardinals, and the fact that they'll have Chandler Jones because I don't know did he I don't remember if he opted out or he was injured last year I think he opted out. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> having Chandler Jones is no slouch. He doesn't get like the big name talk necessarily when you think. But obviously, Aaron Donald takes up a lot of that. Speaking of NFC West guys. Uh, but Chandler Jones has consistently been a really solid guy. I mean, even through his career in New England. Uh, <laughs> so, you know, playing him on the Cardinals already wasn't fun. And to add J.J. Watt, who's still got some stuff in the tank, I'm not going to sit here and say he's just an old guy, can't do nothing. Uh, it's not fun. And with some guys on the market that there will be on the market, depending on if they get franchise tagged or not, uh, or they get extended before free agency, um, we'd uh, be really important to sign some offensive linemen. But uh, before we get into Russell, the team did make a signing. The team re-signed Alex Collins. Woohoo! Silent clap. Uh, you know, Alex Collins showed some, uh, showed some productivity in the time he got uh, when Carson was out and when Hyder would be out. Uh so the current running backs under contract are Rashad Penny, Travis Homer, and DJ Dallas, in addition to Alex Collins. So, I mean, there's there's some names there. Uh, the team, from what I've read, the team seems to have some faith in Rashad Penny and still being the guy, uh, but, you know, still, you know, there's, there's things to be seen from Rashad Penny. Um, I'm not going to close the door on him completely, but, you know, he still she struggled to stay healthy a little bit. Uh, last year and really didn't see the field. Uh, just not to derail like the complexion of this podcast, but can you really name somebody that like a team has had to sit on for so long before they had a breakout season? Like a successful, like a successful running back, like that we had to wait so Uh... long. Like Derrick Henry, kind of. But Derrick Henry was pretty good when he got into the league. Hmm, that's a good question. Actually. Well, I feel like there's a difference between waiting on and someone just like, you know, you just wait for their time. Because, you know, if you look at like uh, Buffalo, I feel like they had Frank Gore before and then they had Singletary behind him. And, you know, but at a certain point. Singletary's not good. Like, Singletary's not a top 10 running back. Yeah, no. I'd be hard pressed to say he's top 15. Like, well, even Derrick Henry, when he came in in 2016, he had 490 yards. Which is behind someone at that point, I'm pretty sure. Shoot, I think you're right. I don't I don't He's know. not like uh I don't know. It's 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 tough because you know I read an art Joe Fan put out a thing, an article, uh about Seattle's draft class classes since two thousand seventeen. You know, in two thousand nine the two thousand nineteen and two thousand twenty class uh, show promise. I mean, there's some good picks in uh, those couple drafts, but for the majority of the drafts, you know, uh, in 2017, 2018, <laughs> there were some pretty big misses. Um, I mean, Malik McDowell comes to mind. That was a big thing where 
uh, I remember that draft, and I remember getting uh, the Seahawks acquiring him, and then there was news. He had the ATV incident, and then, you know, right. he never really – I don't think he ever – I don't believe he ever touched the field in the NFL. No. Uh, and then there was a thing about him in a club in Atlanta uh, basically saying that I'm an NFL player, you can't do anything to me. Uh, you know, and in, in no way am I comparing him to Rashad Penny. I'm just you – know, this is a case of uh, some of the draft woes since uh, 2017, 2018 – um, I don't know. Penny's, uh, you know, I remember when we drafted him first, I was like, why are we picking another running back? Um, but, and like the question still stood even back then, why is this not an O-lineman? Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, that's, that's been a thing for years. Like why, why are we not touching these guys in the, on the line? And I'm sure if, you know, we took the time right now to look at the, the, like the, the picks, after our selection, right? I'm sure there are some starting quality linemen out there that we could have used. Um, so, you know, I'm I'm a little perplexed by this situation. I mean, I don't want to shut the door completely on him, but it's it's kind of like we're heading into, I believe, year three now with uh, Mr. Penny. And it's kind of like, I remember Schottenheimer said after he returned, he's like, oh, expect him to break out here really quick. And then he got just buried under Carson and Hyde. Just you know, and the carries he got were just you know okay. It wasn't anything to rave about. So, uh, with the the more and more I read about it, I read that it's probable that Carson's not coming back. Which, you know, if he wants to go get paid somewhere else, you know, go. We we don't have that kind of money, and nor would it make sense for us, uh, cap wise. Um, so I mean, that should open some sort of door for him, you know, because uh, depending on if they bring Carlos Hyde back, which I'm, I'm reading they, sh- they will, or they're, I don't know if there's mutual interest, but you know, I, I like Carlos. Carlos was productive when he had time. Uh, but it, it, the point being is that next year is really pivotal, pivotal, pivotal for him. Uh, just because, you know, he had, he had some, some good moments uh, the year before. I remember that Philadelphia game, he broke out big and then he got injured. Right. Like the rest of our running backs that year, and they had to call in Marshawn. It was, you know, break break glass in case of emergency. And even Robert Turbin. I did not expect Robert Turbin to sign with us. I don't know what right, Turbo's been up to. Like a, maybe that was like a handcuff. Like, Marshawn was like, like hey, right. bring Turbo back. If you get me, we got to get Robert him. Turbin was a guy who always had, like, that dude looked like he'd be a bodybuilder. I don't know. He had huge biceps. I was like, damn, Robert. I remember they made him run kicks back. That was Anyway, uh, the point being is uh, I think that next year is really make or break for Rashad Penny. So I'm not talking about running backs. We're talking about quarterbacks now. Russell Wilson has been in the news another week. It seems like uh... (laughs) there's just like a collective sigh. across. (laughs) First half of the season last year, let Russ cook. That's quarterback. Signs the uh, trademark, starts making cooking utensils. Second half of the year. What happened to Russell Wilson? Uh, kind of quiet after we lost the playoff game. Uh, Super Bowl, he's seen in that booth with Sierra and Roger Goodell, uh, looking very, uh, I don't know what the word would be. Menacing. And then the, oh, that day, yeah, that weekend, uh, it's reported, oh, what was it reported that weekend? 
that, that he's essentially are, been in the news like it's, effectively it's yeah. wild how i've literally heard more about russell wilson than i've heard about tom brady yeah tom brady yeah, just yeah. Won a super bowl in his like 50s or whatever. he's just been like, more consistently in the news like Obviously, there was Tommy Boy throwing the Lombardi around. And did you guys see the thing where the daughter or whatever, the guy who made the trophy, was very upset and wanted an apology from Tom Brady? I was like, I think Tom no. owns the, the daughter of the creator of the trophy itself, I think, like the craftsman or whatever, was like very, she was like, this is very disrespectful and disturbing. Tom Brady owes me an apology. I was like, I think Tom Brady actually owns more stake in that trophy than you do. I uh, <laughs> With how many times he's won yeah, the damn thing. Of- not a big fan of the part the homie uh but yeah i don't i thought that was like a weird she demanded that she like she verbally demanded an apology i was like yeah that feels like fabricated controversy what a weird thing so um anyway uh yeah i'm just you know i at the end of the day i think what's being made the situation that's being made of this the situation itself is that russell has come to the front well not the front office He's come to the team, the team being the coach, Peter Clay Carroll and Jonathan Schneider. And he said, hey, you know, I'm at this position in my career where I'm not this 20-year-old kid no more. I don't remember how old he was when he drafted him. Um, but the point being is I'm not a rookie anymore. I'm not second year. I, I, I want to win. He wants to get back to the point that he was at in his first three years in the league, which which isn't a bad thing to say you want to be successful in your craft, right. Or be successful in your team sport. Um, And from, Oh yes. Wait. Um, So he met with the team to wrap up the season and start talking about 2021. Uh, Russell alluded to the aforementioned desire for more control, which I don't know why people have finished. Um, I'm not going to say that. Uh, He wants more control over how I'll say it. It's it's interesting, you know, but I feel like Russell is at a caliber, you know, where he can kind of say, "Oh, let, let me read this," uh, where how he finished his career and where he saw things from that point forward. Uh, it was clear for both uh, were focused on getting the Seahawks back to where they were in Wilson's first few years in the league. Uh, the three main points made in this meeting that he had were that there was a different offensive philosophy that would maximize him as a player, which I think we should get him running the ball. I don't like hearing that his legs aren't the same anymore. He's not Tom Brady. He's not going to break a hip. He can still move around. So I think utilizing that would make sense. They're not going to listen to me, but you know, Uh, he said that box has been checked. Uh, Wilson is fully on board with the hire of new coordinator, Shane Waldron. So that's good. Uh, the second bullet point would be that an effort to upgrade the offensive line with the addition of a high-end piece that team uh, sinks real capital into, which I think if we, like, if us three, if we sat here and we had to make a priority number one for this team, I think that would be number one. Um, and then the third was communication and agreement on the direction of the franchise. And I think, whoa, high voice. I think uh, what's to be made about that is, Russell's like tired of them going out and you remember Bradley Sowell? Does anybody here remember Bradley Sowell? No. No. Yeah, that's the point. He was a he at one point he was a starting offensive tackle for this team. A starter. And you're signing guys like that to protect Russell Wilson the I don't know however much money he makes a year, dollar man. It, it, you know, 
So I don't think him going and saying, hey, I want you guys to be better about protecting me is a bad thing. I don't think that's something to, you know, complain to this guy about. Anyway, let's get to the actual news uh, besides that. Uh, Wilson's camp stated that he does not want to be traded. Please listen to that first sentence. Does not want to be traded and that he wants to stay in Seattle. But if the franchise were to consider a trade at all, if that was to be in the cards, if the this relationship gets to that point, the organization, uh, would, the only teams that he would waive his no trade clause for would be Miami, the Jets, the Saints or the Raiders? I also read the Cowboys were on that list. I thought the, the Bears, yeah, that's a weird list because I heard a complete. I've, I've heard, I've read multiple lists. Which I heard a complete. Well, so I know Russell's list is like the Saints, yep. the Bears, yep. the Cowboys, or yep. there's another team that I'm just forgetting. I don't know if it was the, the Raiders. The Seahawks, yeah, I think it was the Raiders. And then the Seahawks list is like we want the Miami Dolphins, like the, the crappy teams who have a lot of draft capital. Oh, uh, yeah. And the Dolphins so, aren't crappy. The Dolphins were 11 and 5 and didn't make the playoffs because the AFC was stacked this year. It's, you know, I just, I mean, he's, it's, it's been stated several times he doesn't want to be traded. He's just saying, if you guys are that upset with me and that this relationship is at that breaking point, because he's got a no trade clause. He's got a no trade clause. So he's basically saying, you know, if that were to happen, then I'm only going to these teams. And like Bennett said, Seattle, I'm sure, obviously has its own list of teams. Well, uh, for the direction that they'd want. I think there's one thing, and I don't know if we've talked about it on this podcast, and I don't know if we're headed there. Uh-oh. But it's emblematic of the relationship that Seattle has had with its players for a couple of years now that I don't think is getting enough attention from the fans who are like not understanding the disconnect between Russell and the organization. Mm. Like, you look at... And I know this is a sensitive subject for a lot of y'all folks who were really big fans of the Seahawks from 2010 to now, because it's a sensitive subject for like any Seahawks fan lately. But you look at Sherm's exit, you look at Earl's exit, you look at Doug Baldwin's exit, you know, you look at a lot of these players who have left the team for the time being, and you know, let's make this completely objective, or yeah, of their wins losses after leaving the Seahawks. So I don't want to hear Sherm was gassed. Sherm's old now. I don't want to hear Earl was on his way out. I don't want to hear Doug Baldwin had like would have not had a career without Pete. I don't want to hear any of that. I don't because I don't care. Cause what it really boils down to is that these players have not had a good relationship with the team since they left. And that is emblematic of something wrong mm. within the team. You, it's weird to have your superstar players leave and then immediately start trash talking your head coach. I can't think of another time that's necessarily happened. Well, and then also, let me, uh, I'm just going to add this quick thing. I think you, did you point it out too? I think you sent it into our group chat was when this, like a bunch, uh, one part in this saga, when this was all happening, right. When they were talking about different teams, Jermaine curse butted in too. And he's butted in a couple times. Well, he hasn't butted in, but he's like left the little eyes emoji. Right. And then Sherman will do the same thing. So I wonder what the deal is with Jermaine because I did not know anything. I just, I think when you think about it, when you think about Doug and Jermaine, let's think about them in particular. They're people that we usually, we previously thought did not like Russell Wilson. Hmm. Because 
that's just the rumor because they said they were unhappy with how things were run on offense. Yeah. Or his how he was treated or whatever. How they were treated by the offense, how they were treated by Russ, whatever. I, I actually never really heard that. I only ever heard that they did I, not. I heard that Doug didn't like how they – ooh, it might have been Sherman. How uh, One of them didn't like how the team – they basically coddled Russell or something like that. And honestly, I think what now what you can kind of deconstruct and kind of break open is that the the organization from the top down is is not in a great place. I think maybe John Schneider has some leeway here. I think he's pretty good. He's pretty decent. He's done everything he really needs to outside of get O lineman. He's been a pretty idealistic GM. But then you start looking at Pete, and you start looking at the assistant coaches. You start looking at the coordinators. You even start questioning the exit of Schottenheimer when you start thinking about yeah. how yeah. perhaps the reason guys like Doug Baldwin, Sherman, et cetera, et cetera, were so frustrated with the Seahawks is more of a Pete Carroll issue than a Russell Wilson issue. And uh, <laughs> there is a section of fans that will not like that. There are the... <sighs> Pete Carroll diehards who will. Oh, you're getting me so close to getting like angry on this podcast. I (laughs) there there is that sect though. I know, and that's why like Pete Carroll can do no wrong whatsoever. And they're starting to Pete Carroll could shoot Doug Baldwin in the street, and they would defend Pete Carroll. They're starting to call it the Russell Wilson cult. The people are defending Russ on this. Are you? Are you like like? Come on, you. If, If you're, if all three of us, right? If if we were all to in some different reality. To be GM of the team, okay? Mm. No, 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 no. Owner, my bad. Exciting. Oh, we're the owner. Oh, damn, damn. And this situation comes to a head where Russell and Pete are like two fucking children. Oh, we already swore. I got there, there it is. Not safe for work uh, thing on the. It I, wasn't me this time. I gotta put the explicit. It's title never on. me. Anyway, I was really close, like four different times. If if, if you were to get Pete Carroll and Russell Wilson ran to your office. Like little baby kids, like two brothers or two siblings, right? And they said, "It's me." Or they both they both simultaneously said, "It's me or him." One of exactly. us is leaving. I I'm picking with Russell Wilson to stay. Exactly. With without even a second thought. No, I I'm saying, okay, Pete. You know, take the Air Monarchs, take the chewing gum. Let's go. I'd it, say, Pete, good job getting us our first ring. Bye. It, I feel know, like. And, oh. No, go ahead, Omar. Go ahead. I just feel like if you look at anywhere in history, there's no way you can win without a good QB and a head coach relationship. And I feel like we're at that yeah. point where those guys yeah, were not in the, in the and that's what we about, saw happen. I was about to call you out on that about being like, you can't win without a good QB, but then you said good QB head coach relationship. No, I, for real. We saw Tom leave the Patriots because you know, that relationship was dissolving. We saw yep, yep. like, we see it happen all the time. I, I feel bad for Deshaun Watson because he's not going to get out of that situation and he just has yeah, a terrible relationship. Yeah, we're we're not at a point anymore to speak but, on Deshaun Watson. We're not. Brett Favre said that he should effectively shut up and play, and we're not in that kind of. We're not in that kind absolutely of time not. We are not in that kind of time anymore. Brett can go throw more interceptions and you know talk about also retirement. Brett demanded a trade so he can like yeah. You know, career. And I feel like a good example of this, if you really look at it, is the the Packers. You know they got really far, but at the end. When it came to, uh, down to crunch time decisions, oh, 
absolutely right. The head coach didn't have enough faith in his quarterback to make like to get through. And oh that's my the god! Downfall right there. That's a, <laughs> I feel like that's where we're heading. That's a very you could have good all the talent too. and all that skill, and we can get far. But when it comes down to like the real like clutch situations, we need them to both be in sync. See, it's the Packers are. The, it's very interesting you bring that up because if we look at the Packers, off okay, we're just gonna take the offenses, right? Right. The Packers, good old line, no weapons outside of Devontae Adams. Necessarily. I mean, Mark is about, you know, necessarily. Okay. We look at the Seahawks. O-line could be better. Kind of like the Packers receiving core. It's okay. Could be better. Seahawks O-line. Like one guy with okay. Wayne Brown that's pretty good. Yeah, could be better. <laughs> Damian Lewis is young. Uh, wide receivers, very good. You know, it's like <laughs> – and then, and then with the Packers, don't draft any, any weapons for Aaron Rodgers. The Seahawks, don't draft any linemen for uh, – Russell Wilson. I don't know if that's a great comparison, but I I can see those. Well, I can see that. I think where it's a great comparison is what Omari was drawing attention to when it came down to it. When they were struggling to do jack diddly shit in the playoffs, they said, "Okay, what's the issue here? Is it the fact that Aaron Rodgers can't get going, or is it the fact that Mike McCarthy simply does not know how to use Aaron Rodgers?" Okay. And they diagnosed that, and they said Mike McCarthy just doesn't know how to use Aaron Rodgers. So are we going to trade Aaron Rodgers away for Carson Wentz? No. They sent him into the atmosphere. Aaron Rodgers. We're going to sit Mike McCarthy down on his ass to the Cowboys, and we're going to go on our way and get to the NFC Championship and inexplicably lose. It's just Um, crazy to think about the fact how different the season would have gone for the Packers if they didn't draft a quarterback in the first round. I firmly believe that that did nothing. That didn't no, happen. I think they still would have lost where they lost at, but I just think the season would have turned out slightly differently, you know, because that's another weapon. That's another well, weapon. Well, and I'm sure he wouldn't be as ups- – I'm sure they'd be better. Like, if we look – okay, Jordan Love got drafted 26. Uh, I, just, I don't think Rodgers is – I don't think Rodgers is as pissed as Wilson is right now. You know what I mean? Because uh, his – because and here's the thing, and here's why, I think, because the coaching, aside from that – bizarre decision in the championship game that aside field the goal that doesn't help us has been magnitudes better than it was under mccarthy and russell's basically just asking for like a small change and we are quickly approaching the point where it's going to be russ or pete yeah and, and i'll tell you what well um, this blind alliance to pete carroll that the fans have and that seemingly and i don't want to call him out for this seemingly john schneider has it's gonna bite you in the ass because there's not a quarterback in the league that's available or even will be available in the next five years who's even close to being as good as russell wilson no one not dak prescott not deshaun watson none of these guys even come close to russell wilson's talent it's just amazing to think in the years past um, how many times our quarterback has pulled something out of his behind and saved this team. And it's also interesting to think of the different gaffes that Pete Carroll's had. He's literally had situations where he said, I wasn't prepared today. Several times. He he said that. Let's not forget that. Like he does have the. Don't get get me wrong. I'm not going to sit here and say Peter Carroll has done nothing for this organization. That's not true. But, you know, don't don't deal in absolutes. I'm sure you guys could get the reference. Um, you know, I'm not, it's a lot of people take things as an absolute. It's like, oh, 
You don't give your undying love to be Carol. You don't like him. You think he's, no, you know, I'm just, you know, what's also disturbing was what I read in that uh, article. I don't remember who all was on. I know Michael Duggar, uh, Duggarsham. I think that's his name. I forgot. Shoot. (laughs) there was an article put out about the, you know, kind of reading into the real uh, what was going on with this whole situation. Uh, and it was, there was some frustration from members of the organization that Pete Carroll and Nate Carroll, Pete and his son, they, they didn't answer to anybody. Nobody was telling them no. <laughs> and that's not a good thing. Cause you know, yeah, you, you can't I... have, Oh my God, I don't want to quote the guy, but no one man should necessarily have all of that power uh, in an organization. No, no, time out. <laughs> the point what? is made, though. The point mm. is made. Pete Carroll shouldn't shouldn't have to, you know, Pete Carroll should have to answer to somebody. I don't, you know, Paul Allen was never a guy that necessarily like got in the news for things like. Having con- now, he's not like Jerry Jones. Paul Allen was a great man, but I, I feel like he kept Pete Carroll. Uh, he held him accountable, if that makes sense. You know what I mean? Mate, no, I disagree. Mm, he held yeah. him more accountable than he has been in recent years. Are you sure? That's because yes. no one's holding him accountable. Are you sure? Exactly, though, because nobody's like, holding him now. Well, let's pump the brakes a little bit, though, because we don't know that. Mm. Like, we don't know that. Like the years we had success, maybe Pete Carroll was just getting the formula right, you know. Like yeah, that could be not... that could be it too. And I don't want to take away from him because the league has based it. And let's be real, the league has changed around Pete Carroll. Yes. He's too stuck in 2013. Yes, and yes, no, yeah. This isn't like we've got much. Brandon Brown. Ooh, Brandon Brown in prison. Brandon Browner and Richard Sherman, you know, doing bump and run coverage, and uh, Marshawn Lynch is running people over like Black Jesus. You know, we're not at that point anymore. That's just not where we are no. in the league. So, I mean, he's still black Jesus. Just he is. Subway's he's just not playing. He just doesn't play football for the Seattle Seahawks at the current moment. He just owns a, a fan-controlled football league, uh, which very Josh Gordon is now a part of. Yes. Um, Praise Josh Gordon. Good news. Good news. Yeah, if he gets to play football. Thank you, fan-controlled football league, for getting this guy a chance. Roger Goodell, please reinstate the goddamn man. And reinstate him that's another thing i'm gonna tell you right now a decent the state human of the seahawks fandom is so close Shambles. to the state of the star wars fandom right now Whoa, i don't <laughs> like that analogy we are like fucking teetering on the edge to me just hating seahawks fans and being like oh Some looks like them looks like i'm over here at kc or something i don't know whoa like no because let so me tell drastic. you why too let me tell you why because we got guys All like right, folks Hill. we've kicked bennett off we got guys like Evan Hill who are looking at this objectively and lo- I mean, like not objectively because he's a fan, but we're, he's looking at the situation. What about like, Joe Fan? How it, <laughs> well Joe Fan too? Um, <laughs> they're looking at these situations like, hey, at the end of the day, you want Russ? Yes. And we got fans out the wazoo being like, oh, you're why do you love Russ so much? Why do you love like? Come on, Pete Carroll's the better football mom. I'd rather have Pete Carroll than Russ. And it's just like, are you guys not seeing, like, what's happening here? Like, especially that article you're talking about, Chuck, that one about um, how Pete Carroll's decisions just go unchecked. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's that was more of my point. It's like he kind of runs around and doesn't 
there's no backlash if he does something stupid. Necessarily. And he's done a lot of things stupidly. Yeah, like remember Bennett. Um, I think it was the Arizona game. I think it was the Bills game. There were two times I had to bring up on this podcast. He said, "I we just weren't ready today." Uh, it was the Bills can, game, and it was yes. the Giants game. Yeah, that that cannot the happen. Giants game. If it happens one time in the season, it's embarrassing. We move on. If it happens twice in the same season, we've got an issue. Just like I'm on. I think okay. I'm on. I'm 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 tumbling now. We're going. Good. I mean, it's 2013. 2013. Atlanta. The fucking timeout. How does that happen? How does that happen? That and uh, help me out here. What am I missing? There's there's more stuff. I'm just not thinking. There's the the one we're just not going to talk about. Oh. I mean, we just can't. Mm, no, we're going to talk about it because we're on this. We're 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 going we're going down. <laughs> I mean, we are, we are the snowball the going down the mountain. It is snowballing now. Like you look Eric, at the decisions Pete Carroll makes over the years, they're bad coaching decisions. He does bad. He's like he's quite literally bad at everything that we call other coaches out for. He's bad at clock management. He's bad yep. at offensive balancing. He's bad at coverage calls and scheme calls on defense. Well, his he, loyalty's been an issue too. The loyalty thing with yeah. uh, oh, what's his name? Ken Norton Jr. Daryl yeah. Bevel for years. Uh, you know, and I I have to go back to it. I have to go back to it. Super Bowl 49. I remember in the article that Cam Chancellor wrote, he he read that he wrote that uh Tom Cable, offensive line coach at the time, heard the call uh while they were in the huddle and threw his headset down and stormed away. And Cam Chancellor was thinking, you know, what's the deal with that? And then they get up to the line and they throw the fucking pick. Malcolm Butler time, you know, he's praised like Jesus. Tom Brady gets another ring. <laughs> and the team has not been in that position since. They have not been close to it. Wild card's fine. Cool. I don't really care about wild card wins. Divisional round. Haven't won it since. Have not won it. I remember the next year they lost to Carolina. Uh, and Carolina's, you know, they were dabbing to the Super Bowl, and then they did they did dab no more. <laughs> they got, you know, rocked. I'm trying to think. Um, what happened to the year? I think they lost to Atlanta the year after that. Yeah. You know, it's just. That Atlanta game was also embarrassing. He needs I mean, like, to be held in check because there are th- it's it's I don't know the way I look at life. It's never bad to receive criticism. For at the point that he's at right now, he's not being criticized, and he's basically running around like he's the same of the organization, which cannot happen. He I think make it's, bad decisions. He does need to be saying, "Hey, that's bad. Don't do that." I think what happened is quite honestly, we got one Super Bowl win, and they started. I mean, immediately looking at Pete Carroll like he's a guy like Andy Reid. He's a guy like um, Belichick. You know. And that's just not the case. Also, we're forgetting that these two guys, those two coaches have immensely talented supporting casts who get attracted to the team because of them. Like B enemy. Come Oof. on. One of the most brilliant offensive minds we've seen in the league for the last ever. Like most creative, most utilizes all his weapons perfectly. Did he lose that Super Bowl because of Eric B enemy? Hell no. You lost it because your tackles went out. You couldn't adjust, and your defense gave up halfway through. You can only play around injuries so much. But then you look at Pete Carroll. Does he have a great supporting cast? Absolutely not, because he chooses his friends <laughs> and his coaches. <laughs> like Ken Norton Jr., we know they're buds. We know they have a history. We know he he's was, not the best was, coach. He was How many fine. other young coaches who are brilliant defensive minds did Pete Carroll pass over so he could hire his friend? <laughs> 
he was fine as a linebackers coach when he made him a D, a D, D coordinator, which we saw him fail as a D coordinator in Oakland. You know, exactly. thing, <laughs> and I mean, like, even the fact that Pete Carroll's son was part of the conversation for yeah. our next offensive coordinator should be emblematic of the issues that Pete Carroll is bringing to the table. And I, this is this should not just turn to the Pete Carroll slander show because. Again, he's no, done decent yeah. things with the team. And if he could adjust, we'd be in a decent place as an organization. If he could adjust, we would not be talking about this right now. Exactly. We but he not. has not shown any signs of life adjusting. You know, Shane Waldron's a good hire because, you know, he yes. is a quick pass. He's but kind of a it, it's player. only a good hire if they let him do what he needs to do. 100%, which kind of brings me to my last point about Pete Carroll. This is the last thing I'll say. And I kind of alluded to it already. Schottenheimer leaving, mm. to me at the time, was like, I personally, and this is, I think Chuck and I agree on this, and that's it. Out of all the Seahawks fans, I haven't really heard a lot of buzz on Twitter about it. He was a good he was a good OC for the Seahawks. I think he was perfectly serviceable. I think he was fine. He could have stayed on our team for another three years. I wouldn't really care. I'd be like, cool. I don't think he was the issue one bit. When he left, I was like, oh, shit, why'd he leave? that that was the main thing i was thinking i was like why what happened literally we were all just talking about how like not we the podcasters but we the the seahawks proverbial were like oh yeah this is loyalty we we got our guys we got our coaches we're like we're ready to go for next year and then your oc gets fired or we part i guess they always said we parted ways with brian schottenheim yeah it's a legal term or so it really makes me think. Did Schottenheimer with uh, go? Hey, that last half of the season was stupid. I hated that. That was not what I was calling up in the booth. Nope. And I was getting overruled every football, every play, every football game by Pete Carroll. So I am leaving. I'm going to India or where. Well, then that was the thing that came out. It was a difference in philosophy. Yeah, quote unquote difference in philosophy, and it really just makes you think. It's like mm-hmm. this is because of the latter half of the season crumbling and just going, going back to that low tempo offense. Because even Russell was like, I don't know why we did that. That was that was the thing is uh, I got people who would come and talk to me. Oh, that Schottenheimer needs to call needed called bad plays. It's not what happened. It's a, Pete Carroll saw. I think it was was it uh, Arizona. I think he threw a couple picks, and they're like. Pete Carroll went into panic mode. He said, no, 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 can't have this. Got to run the ball. Gotta, it's all about the ball. And then we went into panic mode, effectively. And Schottenheimer got told, basically, no more this creative offense. No more pass the ball good. Only run the ball good. So it's just, you know, it's it's just frustrating because these issues are clear. They just don't get no no action is taken on them they're different no not not how i wanted to say it uh p carroll takes it through his mindset and he has failed to adjust to the way the league is now because if we i don't know how many times i'm going to say this if the seahawks played like they did in the first half of the season all year we probably would have super been, bowl baby you know <laughs> Because the defense did improve. The defense did improve. Do I guarantee a win in the Super Bowl? Not necessarily. Uh, just You know, we're not absolutists here. I don't think that's a word. 
we're not saying that Pete Carroll has red horns and he's evil, but he's also not Jesus. And he should. Oh God! What if Pete Carroll's Mephisto, guys? God damn it! This is not the podcast for that. Uh, we need one for that. <laughs> we'll work on it. Um, the point being is, I I think it's I think. There's always fans that don't truly understand that there's more to it than face value. And there's always going to be face value fans that think, oh, Russell's Russell needs wants too much. Russell complaining. Russell want to leave when Russell's quite literally said he doesn't want to leave. Anyway, let's continue on. I still have more Russell news. Uh, there are two different two different Seahawks were on uh, interviews. Uh, and I got asked questions about Wilson, which is inevitable at this point in time. Uh, KJ Wright said that he can't see Wilson leaving. He said that he means way too much to the city, which is a true statement. He also th- said that he expects Russell to be in Seattle for a very long time, which I hope is a true statement. LJ Collier was on with Good Morning Football, I believe. Uh, and he stated that Russell Wilson would be Seattle, Seattle's quarterback for years to come. He said that he's not buying these trade rumors. I'm not either. LJ and I agree on that one. Uh, it was reported that more than 10 teams have contacted Seattle about a trade. Notice it said contacted Seattle. Notice it did not say that there was mutual interest in the trade. New Orleans uh, mayor put a video together uh, recruiting Russell Wilson to come to the Saints, which is interesting to me. It's really funny because Drew Brees wants to play another season. Yeah, Drew Brees, has talk- Drew Brees has not put out a definite statement saying that he's retired. Drew Brees put out a workout video. Uh, hasn't closed the door on retiring. So I don't know. If I'm Drew Brees and I'm sitting there and I look, uh, I get uh, see on Twitter that the mayor of the city that I've put my entire career, well, not. And, you know, literally, like, I don't know, dumped millions of dollars into after Katrina. Has been a huge, huge person. That's for... just the right thing to do, though. So <laughs> I know, but, like, the fact that the city was so quick to turn their back yeah, on Yeah, no, the wild. point, yeah, the point being that you you see this and the the mayor effectively spits in your face and says we want Russell Wilson. It's, it's the the Toy Story meme. I don't want to play, play with you anymore. anymore. <laughs> That's basically what's happening. Did so, you see? Did you watch the workout video too? There's all the Saints guys being like, "Shit, dog, he's never done this before." He kept running. Where's he, he going? Those tires across the street. It's like, it's like okay, true. True Brees was angry. I just you know, New Orleans. You can enjoy the Pelicans and. You know, I just oh God. <laughs> Do they got anything else going on? Uh, they got Mardi Gras. They, they got Bourbon Mardi Street. Gras this year, though. They got Bourbon Street. They got I don't know, dude. I don't know what they're doing over there, but like, <laughs> it's just, just come on, you know. They uh, get to look forward to losing to the Minnesota Vikings every year. Yeah. So I mean, you know, it's an annual thing. You know. Uh. Okay. No more Russell Wilson talk today. Uh. More Seahawks news. They did make some moves regarding coaches. Woo! They signed former corners slash safety Deshaun Shedd to assist with the secondary. Oh. They also brought back uh, a <laughs> longtime assistant coach, Carl. Quote, uh, this is air quotes. Imagine me doing air quotes. Tater. His name's his nickname's Tater. Uh, Smith has rejoined the team after spending time with Houston the past two seasons. Uh, Quarterback know. coach, right? Yeah, but it's not clear what his uh, position will be yet. Uh, his son Tracy has also joined the coaching staff and I read when this happened I read a tweet that said uh, that Smith was uh, I think he was a quarterback yeah he's a quarterback coach uh, 
in Russell's first kind of years, you know, and to be in Houston, which has had its struggles in recent years, I don't know how good of a hire this is. This is whoa, one of the, let's slow down. This is a familiarity hire. We just well, went over slow, this. I, I, it could be a Russell Wilson hire, though. It if it is, a... then it's a good thing. If it's a Pete Carroll says, hey, buddy, come on back, come on, true, then, then we have an issue. Although so. I will say that the only bright spot of Houston in the last three years has been their quarterbacking. Yeah. yeah. So, well, I'm not going to shut the door on that, but I, right now I see it as a loyalty thing. I could be wrong. That's I am hard. not always correct. So, you know. Uh, KJ Wright on a bright note was named uh, Seattle's male sports star of the year. Yay, KJ. KJ Yay. deserves all of the praise. Probably should never have to buy a meal in the city ever again. Uh, cool. And I hope he gets, I hope we can find a way to sign him. Um, you have a lot of hopes, Chuck. You have a lot I of know. Hopes. I have a lot of hopes. They don't always go through. Yeah, I don't see that um, for you, man. Hey, man, I'm going to mute you here in a second. All right? <laughs> Let me dream. All right. Uh, this isn't Seahawks related, but uh, and it's not. Well, I guess it's NFL related. Uh, legendary analyst Irv Cross passed away at 81. He was a two-time Pro Bowl cornerback, and he became the first Black full-time sports analyst on national television. Uh, so, you know, not ever good to see these people pass. But you know, rest in peace to Irv Cross, and uh, hope his family is doing all right in this time. I felt that was important because he was a pretty big figure in uh in terms of sports and you know kind of in the field that we're kind of in right now in journalism so uh rest in peace to earth cross and you know uh i think in a couple weeks we should start looking at uh well i think we'll look at free agency in the draft but all that's in the news right now is this Russell Wilson guy. So. <laughs> there's nothing. There's no Seahawks news outside of that, dude. It's that's that's kind of it. I mean, uh, Alex I Collins mean... got resigned, so that's pretty cool. Uh, we moved to our baseball team. Uh... Omari is going to take a break. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> Omari's taking his nap for the night. Uh, the team. Baseball. Oh, I can remove the not act. Remove the not active filter I have on the team. Woohoo! On uh, Sunday, the Mariners beat the Padres. I put Padre instead of Padres. I missed the S. Uh, Five the to four in their first uh, spring training game. They did not have a game on Monday. They get a rest day. They will play a game on Tuesday, but we upload on Tuesdays. So, I, you know, uh, the winning pitcher was Paul Seawald. And I put player of the game, Julio Rodriguez, because uh, the Mariners won the game. They were tied four to four uh, in the bottom of the ninth inning. They had f- bases loaded after the Padres had walked three people. Uh, Jared Kelnick, uh, who man we will not say the name of, said is uh, very cocky, very arrogant, was on third base, and Julio Rodriguez hit a ball right up. Uh, how do I say this? Well, straight back to the pitcher, effectively, uh, in a center field for a walk-off base hit to win the game 5-4. to four. Um, So, you know, Julio Rodriguez uh, it's a scores Jared. Yeah, comebacker. There you go. Thank you, Bennett. Uh Julio Rodriguez scoring Jared Kalanick is something that I'd hope we'd hear for years to come. Uh, but you know, that was, it was a, I, I had the game on at work. I had it on the, uh, on the speaker cause I don't care. Um, it was, it was pretty exciting to hear. I mean, uh, 
they gave up a couple homers, but you know, it's the first game of the season. Well, spring training, first game of spring training. So you uh, couldn't have written it better though. Those yeah, two guys. It was it was pretty exciting to see. We've mm-hmm. got already got great content, and it's only it was only one game of spring training. So also, I have to say, I don't know how you feel about it, Bennett, but I really do like. I don't. Amari could have his opinion because it's not necessarily like you don't need to know a lot. The Myrna spring training, the powder blue is very nice. I like the powder blue. <laughs> uh, yeah. And team related. Uh, oh, go ahead, Bennett. I was just gonna say I do own I own a Robbie jersey in the powder blues. They wait. make those? Yeah, no, I, I had I think I had a wait, Sunday wait. jersey. Hold up, I'm pulling it up right now. What was a Sunday Mariners jersey in oh, like the cream? Mm. Yeah, I think I had no I had a cream Paxton. These look dope. These look dope. They like when these. did they start the powder blues? It was when Robbie was here, I think. No, no, no. I thought it was like mm, last year or two years ago. Well, if it was two years ago, I think we still had them. Yeah, so it might have been last. Must have been last year. Huh. good point, Bennett. Um, and other Mariners. They news. should bring back the original powder blue with the with the yellow accent. No, <laughs> no, no. Oh, okay, no. that's why I don't talk baseball. It's, I know. It's... Well, I know what you're getting for your birthday. Um, general manager Jerry Depoto said that the players should be angry and insulted uh, in relation to Kevin Mather and his statements. Uh, <laughs> but he vows. I'm going to say the name because it relates to the headline. But he vows to shed the image that was created by former president Kevin Mather. He said in a quote, I'm embarrassed. This is the way that we are viewed. It's not who we are. This is our stigma now, and it is ours to bear. I mean, it's up to the front office to prove that they're not what he is because Kevin Mather was with the team uh, for an amount of time that he shouldn't have been with the team, you know? So uh, do I have doubts in DePoto and the team shedding that? No, but I believe that um, no, I don't have doubts in it. I just, you know, it's got to be just go out and do it. I'm just going to say, let your actions speak louder than your words. Uh, Scott Service, manager Scott Skirvis, Skirvis? Service, uh, was angry and frustrated. Uh, I had a, gray, I had a green one. I had a green Canal jersey. Okay, Bennett, thank you. I just want to let everybody know. He said on... I riveted as much as I was about yeah, this. I'm going to get text. It said, what Bennett, what color jersey? Oh, he said me, never mind. They're going to be like consecutive texts. You're going to say, oh, I heard it. (laughs) He said on Tuesday, uh, not Bennett, Scott Service said on Tuesday that the last two days uh, had been hurtful because of the care that they had taken in building a culture. I love this group. This is a special group. And I'm going to say this. I'm going to say I haven't uh, always been, you know, 100% of backing of Scott Service, but he's worked with this group in a, he's going to be this manager for, you know, for the time being that I've seen. And he's worked with some guys, uh, and he's 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 part of an organization that hasn't made the playoffs since 2001. So, you know, he deserves some credit. He deserves some credit. Uh, and he's got this group of guys, and there's hope in baseball in Seattle here for the future. You know, it's not like when we had Robbie and Felix, and I'm trying to think. I'm trying to think. I'm trying to think. Don't say it. Nelson Cruz, as much as I love Nelson Cruz, whereas like, okay, we're going to barely miss the playoffs again this year. You know, there's, there's hope that, you know, I think Bennett said two years, I said one to two years uh, that, you know, we'll be looking at a playoff group, not, not a team that scrapes by a, a, a playoff group. So, you know, I think, I think service deserves some credit there and I want that to be put out there. Uh, I, I just, I want to point out one thing just about this situation. This is, this is Bennett's final take on this just because um, 
I hope we can leave that guy in the dust. I hope we can just exactly move on from that guy. So, like the only thing I really want to say is that I believe it from surveys a hundred percent, but like I've got a hard time believing Depoto just because. And I know Depoto is fairly new, so maybe he wasn't in on all this bullshit that Mathers was talking about or Mather, I guess. I just. Some of the things we're really crucifying Mather for, I feel like had to have been conversed with some of these guys. Maybe not mm. so much Cervais because he's the clubhouse guy. But and I, well, to your I, point, he had uh, I forgot what it was. It was a fifteen. It was a sixteen. He had sexual assault allegations. It was six years ago. No, no, no. And it was settled out. It was settled out of court. So what does that tell you? Exactly. It's just like totally untrustworthy guy and it's really damning of him obviously because he's just a terrible slug of a man but also really damning of the Mariners organization and like you said to your point it'd be better for Depoto it'd be better for Cervais it'd be better for the Mariners to completely leave this guy in 2021 like that should he should have no and anybody that is complacent with those actions should exactly behind yeah, um, this is no in no way is this damning the organization itself because I know there are good people in this organization. Oh yeah, yeah. It's just there. It, there's usually it's not it's usually not just one guy. Exactly, it's a culture. Yeah. So, so like, and I, I think things are changing, and it's important that as these things change, that any of the trash that's left behind is left behind, that it doesn't lag behind and stay around. Um. So, you know, obviously having him leave was good, but just making sure that anything that has any ties to him also leaves. Um, both the Poto and Service met with several of the players to talk to them and essentially do damage control. Um, so, I mean, it, it's good to see that they're, you know, meeting with these guys. But like I said, it's, 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 it's important that we continue to see this, you know, as, these, as we get this uh, incredible talent and these incredible stars and these, like, you know, I would say some of these guys are pretty world-class human beings. I don't know if you've seen too much about Julio Rodriguez. He seems like a pretty cool dude. We're older than him. <laughs> We're older than what? him. He, if I look up Julio Rodriguez, he's he's very young. He is not Rodriguez. Oopsie, I spelled it with a Y instead of a U. That's not right. Age. Oh, no. I, I, ah, he's 20. I, I lied. I I'm lied. Just barely younger than him. So he's he's our age, though. He is our age. He's, he's you know, so my girlfriend is older than him. <laughs> so yeah, so, so yeah, some of the people we know right now are older than him. That's um, wild, dude. I hate that. That makes me so uncomfortable. And he's he seems like such a world class guy, you know. So it's just important that the, the organization. Uh, oh God, dude! Like in a couple of years, we're gonna be like the same age as people in the NFL. What are we right now? With twenty, about nineteen or twenty. Yeah, there are rookies that are coming out. This oh, year, I think. God. <laughs> what am I doing? Uh, I'm the narrator in my school's production of Clue. Clue. Oh. Well, let Bennett beat up on himself anymore. We're going to continue with the news. Yeah, I'm having a spiral. Uh, I'm going to continue. <laughs> Jared Kalanick stated that he is being punished by the Mariners for not signing a long term contract that was initially offered to him. Uh, Jerry DePoto came out and said that they're not manipulating his service time, and they said that it was a development thing. I am not in the organization. I have no thoughts on this. Well, no, I have to speak on it because we have a podcast about it. Yeah. Um, hey, man, if if he 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 plays to a certain level in spring training this year, 
I don't see why you don't have him on the yeah. opening day roster. I think at this point, I've been I've been cruel. I've been harsh on our friend Meech Hanniger. Okay, mm-hmm. I need to apologize. I was I was upset that he wore my favorite number, and I was upset. Well, not that he wore the number. I was upset about the injuries. Okay, um, because I've read a lot that he's gonna have a he's really motivated this year. Because people talk about the future of the Mariners, he's saying, "Why aren't you saying my name in that conversation?" So, you know, What's your favorite number, huh? Seventeen. Justin Smoke. I don't... Yeah, boy, Justin Smoke, Smoke Bomb. Okay, uh, but if we look I at the outfield, so many things. There was a guy named Justin Smoke who wore the number seventeen, and whenever he'd hit a home run, they show this thing, this graphic on the video board, Amari, and it would say Smoke Bomb, but his name was spelled. S-M-O-A-K. S-M-O-A-K. He was notoriously like very mediocre too. Yes. So <laughs> we're gonna take you. <laughs> this is gonna be a long. Podcast. We're gonna take Omar to a game when it's allowed. He's gonna yes. be like, "What the fuck is going on here?" Um. Anyway, the like I said. Oh, with the outfield, uh, Mitch Hanniger's probably gonna be in right. We've got Kyle in center. That kind of leaves you who you got in left field. I don't know. Having a guy like Jared Kelly like on left field wouldn't benefit you. Anyway, um, Bleacher Report graded the Mariners' offseason as a C. Uh, the offseason consisted of signing guys like James Paxton, Ken Giles, who will not pitch this year. I believe he's got Tommy John surgery. Uh, Chris Flexen and Kenyon Middleton. I heard uh, Rick Riz say Keenan Middleton, so I'm going to say it like that. Uh, Bennett, your mic is muted right now, but if you had to give the Mariners a grade on their off season at the current point in time where we are right now, because I think you can still do stuff right now. Uh, what, what, what grade would you give on a letter scale as Bleach Report gave them a C? I think a C is fair. Yeah. Like from a purely baseball point of view, a C is pretty good. Um. Yeah, I just I, I don't feel like I think C is good because it's just average. Like I don't yeah, think nothing really. I mean, Paxton's solid, but outside of that, I know. know like left fielder should be circled for us as a team because we don't really have an heir apparent to the position. And we will look at that in the Mariner season preview next week. Um, I think it's gonna be shed long. Uh, he's a second baseman. He plays left field. Um, huh. I think that. I just I, I I don't think we've done enough to warrant anything above a C. But that's not to say that we're in a bad place because our prospects are like oh, I think right. we ranked sixth in the league for best prospects right now, and yes. that's yes, I'll take it. That came out <laughs> I mean, that's pretty good. We got Evan White. We got I mean, I guess he's not a prospect; he's a player. Uh, he's young. He's young. We got Kellenic and we got Rodriguez, and those guys are like absolutely lighting it up, and they'll continue to light it up throughout the year. And if I'm allowed to, I will go to Tacoma and just I'm pay them to go to some Rainiers money. games. Because I, I I rep the Rainiers all around Portland. I wear a Rainiers hat. <laughs> it's like... They've got a nice logo. I really enjoy the Rainiers. So I think we're in a good spot as a team. I just think our offseason wasn't that stellar. There just yeah. wasn't anything to write home about. And that's kind of what we were expecting going into the offseason too. Yeah, like, weren't a big trade destination for any of these big players. Nor did we really want to be because we want to like don't want to mess with the farm system as it is. Exactly, we want to dedicate ourselves yeah. to the team that we have right now. So and like like Depoto said, they're at a point in the rebuild where they don't necessarily. Where I guess they they 
it's not like you need to go to the Mets again and say, you guys got any more prospects? Uh, they, like Rick Riz made a good point, uh, I think, before they threw first pitch, is they've got a wave coming in Kellenic and Rodriguez. Um, oh, shoot. And Emerson Hancock and Logan Gilbert and George Kirby. But then there's a second wave with Noel V. Marte. And I, th- I don't know if Cal Raleigh will be. Eh, Cal Raleigh might be. He was in the game yesterday, and they got Tom Murphy. I don't know who the other backstop. But um, it, it's, it's the future is bright. I don't know how many times I need to say it. Um, but it, it's, you know, it's if you look at – so, Omar, you know about the Astros and how they were really good. Um, obviously, they had the big scandal, right? But you, you yeah. know how they were really good, right? They were sucky for a very, very long time. They were like in tank mode for years, right? And they just kept acquiring these good young guys. And I don't, the Mariners aren't going to necessarily, they, they, it looks like the Mariners have kind of fast-tracked that, okay? And they've got a bunch of, I don't know, you can't really compare it. Uh, these prospects who will be ready in like a few years, like a year or two, you know, so... That that's the point is people are very upset that they haven't made the playoffs since 2001, which I'm sure, you know, if you hadn't made the playoffs in 2001, you'd be upset. Right. But the, the situation they're in right now is you've got to kind of let this thing develop. You can't rush it. You can't rush art. Right. So, you know, it's uh it's kind of another thing where I think, I think Bennett, you can agree. It's you're letting the kids play again and you're just letting them get uh, experience and letting them grow. So if we look ahead here to the next slate of games, uh, unless Bennett wants to say something about the roster, I know the mic just got unmuted. Oh, no. Okay. I'm just unmuting because I was done to I'm, – if I'm frank with you, I'm eating sunflower seeds right now. Sunflower? That sounds very baseball-like. Um, Man, all this baseball talk got me really <laughs> – Bennett went and said, I need some seeds. Seeds. So I've got these – I got these, not a sponsor, uh, Biggs brand Taco Bell Taco Supreme flavored sunflower seeds. Wow. Did you say official sponsor? I said not a sponsor. I All right. We're going to get them on the phone and I'll talk with them. No. Hey, Biggs, if you want. That'd but be nice. That's why I've been muting myself because I've been patooing into my, <laughs> my vitamin water aside. Uh, I'm thinking about the dugout floor right now with all the crushed seeds. God. Um, March 2nd, looking ahead to the schedule, uh, they will face. They'll play games from the 2nd of March to the 8th. Uh, this is just within the time period between the time that we're recording now and the time that we'll be back. Uh, they'll play Cleveland on the 2nd. They will play – well, it doesn't. I could say versus or at, but, I mean, they're playing in spring training. It's not like they're going anywhere. Uh, they'll play the Chicago Cubs on ESPN on the 3rd. On the 4th, they'll play the Colorado Rockies. On the 5th, they'll play the White Sox. On the 6th, they'll play the Oakland Athletics, which is, you know, if you think about it, it's kind of a weird name for a team, the Athletics. <laughs> Hey, uh, this is seven, not racist. It's just, you know. Huh? Wait, what? Sorry, I was talking to someone about the Blackhawks today. Hmm. Oh, you said at least they're not racist. Yeah. Yeah, that's why I didn't say Cleveland's. That's why I didn't say Cleveland's full name. Uh, yeah, just call them Cleveland. That's their yeah. team. As far Versus as the Athletics. And then on seventh, they'll play the Anaheim Angels. I'm not calling them the Los Angeles Angels because they're not Los Angeles. Uh, and then on the 8th of March, they'll play Cleveland again. They're technically called the Los Angeles Angels of Anaheim. Oh, really? That's, yeah, oh, that's right. That's so stupid, though. It's their full team. It's a stupid name. You're right. 
Um, so that is it for our baseball team. Um, not too much going on uh, in terms of their major sports. The Sounders announced that their preseason starts preseason starts on March first, and they've they've had their first print. Uh, what am I saying? Training session. They had their first training session today on Monday. Uh, the Storm signed Haley Gorecki to a training camp contract. Uh, Gorecki was previously drafted by Seattle in the third round of the 2020 draft, but never got a chance to compete due to the pandemic. Uh, you know, kind of sucks, but she gets that opportunity now to earn a roster spot on the normal roster. Uh, and then the, the Storm put out something interesting, which it will be released more than likely by the time this goes up or prior to this going up. Uh if if you I noticed on the Storm website on the Storm shop, all everything is on sale with the current logo. Oop, new logo alert. Yeah, uh, and they late. put a a secret like a cryptic post out there that something big's coming on March second, which is the day that this will be released. So it's more than likely going to be a new logo or adjustments to the logo or the uniforms. Um, and I talked with. Uh, at storm chasers on Twitter about this. They've got some good stuff about the storm. Um, and it's more than likely going to be the reason for that would be uh, to just make up revenue from the pandemic. Uh, just not having to be able, being able to have fans in the stands. Um, so it's just a revenue thing. I mean, it would be cool to see uh, what they do with the uh, uniforms, but um, Brianna Stewart was nominated for the Loris world Sportswoman of the year. Very cool. Brianna Stewart is probably how nice. She, I mean, she's probably the star of this team right now. I mean, not to take away from the next point of the news, which we'll get to, but, I mean, Stewie's kind of our woman, you know, right now. Uh, Sue Bird officially re-signed with the team. I know I mentioned this earlier that she had agreed in principle to an extension, but she officially re-signed today. It's expected to be a match, max contract extending $200,000. Uh, the team has sixteen grand left in its $1.3 million cap space, and I don't know really if you can do anything else. They've got one more slot open on the training camp roster, but you know, see what they do with that. I do not have any Sonics. I have a question. Yes, and I am. A, I am a very casual uh, Storm fan, so you'll have to stay with me here. I'm learning still. Sue Bird, how old is she? Uh, so does LeBron? Yeah, <laughs> I know that. I know that. Uh, she's forty. Okay, that's oh, crazy that they just signed her to a max contract at 40. Yeah, I think it's more of uh, oh that a God, LeBron's 36. Yeah. Is that a loyalty thing? Yeah. I mean, she still contributes. It. It's not like she's uh, – who's a good comparison? Tim Duncan? <laughs> no, I'm trying <laughs> to think mean? of a guy that gets wheeled out every year. That just Vince Carter? Sorry, kind of like a scathing. <laughs> uh, it's not. It's not like that. I mean, she still contributes. She had some issues Ray with the injury, uh, but she still contributes, and she's more than likely. Tony Parker. Okay, buddy, calm it down. Marco Rubio. Stop. I will. Wait, no, that's that's a senator. I will mute you. Wait, what's the base basketball players? Ricky Rubio. Ricky Rubio is <laughs> not even that old. He's pretty old. Ricky Rubio. Age. Oh, not Ricky age. Ricky Rubio age. He's 30. He's on the bench, though. Is he? He's, I'm pretty sure he's past his prime. He's with a Timberwolf. Oh, yeah. Well, I mean, to be fair, Ricky Rubio's never that good of a guy. Man. He was never that good. Yeah. Anyway, let's keep moving. Uh, <laughs> we don't have any Sonic snooze yet. 
Yeah, it'll it'll be. I mean, we got the thing uh, a few weeks ago where it's basically said it was basically like the NBA is going to expand because of the pandemic. It, <laughs> if if the, the city of Seattle does not fork over the money for this team, I will move do unspeakable things. Um, um, I would like to point out. I think there was some article that came out recently about Ray Allen, who I did just trash on. Uh, How dare you? Would like to be the owner of the Sonics. That'd so. be pretty cool if he has the capital to do it. Ray Allen and I both have bald heads, so okay. <laughs> hey, buddy, just eat your, sunflower. eat your sunflower seeds, okay? Uh, all right. Um, but yeah, I mean, with the Sonics, it's just it's 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 just a matter of time thing. Yeah. Uh, Kraken stuff don't really have anything right now. I mean, the NHL season is underway, and if you'd like to. You could go and check out some of the some of these games and be like, "Oh, who are our Kraken going to poach from these teams?" Because of the expansion draft, but um, uh, nothing yet. Nothing really that's newsworthy to report this week. Uh, nothing for the Seattle Dragons. They kick off in 2022. Uh, in NCAA related news, this isn't like a Husky related thing. Uh, there was a bill introduced in Congress that would allow college athletes to sign endorsement deals, higher representation, and more. Uh, I believe there's something like this already in Congress, um, but I don't know how far. I think it got delayed, which is interesting to point out considering a few weeks ago uh, we got news that the NCAA football game would be coming back in a few years. They, <laughs> they announced that it was coming back. And everybody got all excited, and then they tried to sneak it in in their under their tweet, and they said, "Oh yeah, we'll be in development in a couple of years." And it's like, what did you say? Um, so that's exciting, but it's just interesting to see. Uh, I mean, the uh, question about athletes being paid in college has always been there, and bills like these are. It's interesting to see what uh, what course they run um, throughout the season. Um, 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 uh, okay, now we're going to get into the Husky Athletics. Bennett can eat more seeds. Mari, Omari can do whatever he wants. I'm going to run through scores, and if anyone has anything to say, then just say it. Um, at Arizona State, the men's basketball team lost 97-64. to Marcus Lajonis led in points and rebounds with 16-6, and six respectively. Eric Stevenson had three assists. At Arizona State, they lost again, 80-72. to Quade Green led in points with 16. Nate Roberts led rebounds with eight. and uh, No, sorry to me, uh, 11 rebounds. And Quade Green had seven assists. At Arizona, they lost 75-74. Hamir Wright had 18 points. Eric Stevenson led in rebounds and assists with eight and four. Uh, the team sits at five and 20 to finish out the regular season. So they did exceed Bennett and I's prediction. Oh, wait, was it Bennett and I or was it Omari and I? It was one of us. One of us... Uh, one of you guys agreed with me and said that they wouldn't win four games and they won five. So good for them. Uh, they were the 11th team in the PAC 12, which qualifies them for the PAC 12 tournament, which starts on March 10th. Uh, and it takes place in Las Vegas at the T-Mobile arena. So there will be more Husky men's basketball. How good they will be uh, is to be seen, but uh, you know, you never say never. Um, oh God. I just wrote Justin Bieber. Ugh. Uh, and Kanye in the same day. Uh, <laughs> okay, we're going to keep it rolling. Uh, the women's basketball team did not fare any better. They lost at Washington State 61-52. to Darcy Rees led in points and rebounds with 14 and 4 respectively. And Quay Miller led assists with 4. The team sits at 6-13. and 11th in the Pac-12, and they will face Colorado on the 3rd of March uh, for the women's Pac-12 tournament. So both teams qualify. They were not the worst at the Pac-12. 
whoop-de-doo. Baseball, baseball fared a lot better than last year. I mean, last week, pardon me. They still do not get the uh, gold star of the week. Um, ooh, who do I give the... I'm going to give the cone of shame to the men's basketball team for the week. They lost three games. Terrible. Uh, baseball played UT Rio Grande Valley in four games. Uh, they beat them 10 to three player of the game. in that game was center fielder, Braden Ward. Braden Ward's the player of the game for these three games. I'm just going to say that now. Uh, they won 10 to three. He had three hits, one run, one RBI, one base on balls uh, versus UT Rio Grande Valley. The second day they won three to two. Again, uh, Braden Ward was a player of the game with two hits, one RBI, had a double and a sack fly. Uh, in their next game, they won six to nothing. Braden Ward had one hit, two runs, one base on balls, and two stolen bases. Uh, one second, one second, one second, one second. Ooh, shoot. I failed to add the fourth game. Um, um, oops. Um, yes, big oops. Oh, no. They, f- they lost the last game, zero to two sad no part of the game shame no no they won three games the huskies basketball team lost three huskies basketball team gets kona shame uh so they will play versus uh well march 5th through 7th versus loyola marymount and march 9th versus portland baseball and our good friend benny patakmasil benny patasil what pataxil Patasil. i know i kind of goofed there so cool to see ben Hey, what? Does Jack Vulcan still go here? Oh yeah, he does. I don't know. Is he on the roster? I I think so. He's a. I, I know Ben's playing third base. That's all I know. Um, I would like to go to that game, but as far as I know, um, I don't know if it's both teams can invite friends and family, or if it's just the home team. There are no. It's not open to the public. It's only yes. friends and family of the team. So I have I asked Ben if he knew and he doesn't know yet. So we will see. Uh, the gold star of the week again goes to the UW softball team. They <laughs> these women just continue to kick ass. Uh, they played at San Diego State three times and at San Diego twice. In their first bout versus San Diego State, they won six to one. The player of the game was second baseman, second base woman, uh, Bailey Klingler with three hits, two runs, two RBIs, and a double. Uh, at San Diego State, they lost zero to four. Uh, at San Diego State for the third game, they won five to nothing. Bailey Klingler was again the player of the game with two hits, one run, two RBIs, one base on balls, and a homer. At San Diego, San Diego, they won five to nothing. Left fielder Lily Agin was the player of the game with two hits, one run, one RBI, and a double. Uh, in their second game versus San Diego, they won twelve to nothing in a six-inning mercy rule. Uh, catcher Morgan Flores. The player of the game with three hits, one run, three RBIs, one base on balls, and a double. The team is ranked number five in the nation. Uh, and some mighty are the women's stats. Uh, there were f- <laughs> the Husky women have had four double digit scoring games this season. They've had seven shutouts in their 15 games played. Uh, and then after their games versus Hawaii, that they will play March 4th through 6th, the team will host the Husky Classic up here, which is a little tournament that they have. The team currently sits at 13 and 2. The men's soccer team beat California at Berkeley uh, with goals by midfielders Dylan Tevis and Lucas 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 Meek. The team sits at three and one and will play March sixth versus San Diego State. Lots of San Diego in uh, Husky news today. Uh, the women's soccer team went to a draw versus Colorado in double overtime. They must have been tired after that. God damn, double overtime. 
And then they beat Colorado the next game, two to one. Player of the game was Summer Yates with two goals and an honorable mention to Olivia Jack with two assists. The team sits at three, zero, and one and will face Arizona on March 5th in Arizona. And then the 7th, they will play at Arizona State. A little trip down to the desert. Of the volleyball team, uh, beat Utah twice. They beat them first three to nothing and three to one. The team is ranked number nine in the NCAA and number one in the Pac-12. They will have a two and two record, ten and two, not two and two. And they will play at Oregon March fifth and seventh. Oof. Okay, speed round. That was it. I still have a headache from talking about Russell Wilson. Uh, <laughs> let's see. Uh, like I said, we have uh, we're in single digits until days until franchise tag, which. I don't know about you guys, but I don't know if they're going to the Seahawks are going to use a franchise tag this year. I don't know who they'd use it on. Um, free agency, I believe, is 17, 16 days away to officially start. We already know that the Cardinals are getting JJ Watt. Terrible, terrible. Uh, Mariners baseball, they're going to continue to play spring training games until the end of this month. Excuse me. The uh, Sounders are ramping up for preseason. Uh, Storm should be getting ready for training camp here, so we're on the precipice right now, but <laughs> we're still kind of in this awkward period where we got spring training ball. Woo! Off season news. We've got Russell Wilson in the news to talk about again and again. But, you know, we still got stuff to talk about. It's not like it's just me right now, you know, sitting here for 30 minutes droning on. So I have been joined by Omari Salisbury and Bennett Buckholtz and his sunflower seeds. And you have any parting words, either one of you, anything you want to say? Uh, let's just never forget that Chuck really quoted Kanye and Justin Bieber today. All right, we're going to. Well, hold on. Let's also uh, let's plug. I've got a bad feeling about this. Um, That's our other podcast. Again, if you like Star Wars, if you like. <laughs> oh, if you at all remember the prequel trilogy. Yeah, we're going to want to check out the last three episodes. Yeah. And. Um, I don't know if I want to say that, but the last uh, the last one we did last Friday that was that was pretty fun to do. Bennett said a lot of bad words in it, so if you want to hear Bennett <laughs> say bad, bad words, words. I so I'm usually a high amount. So, yep, uh, I've got a bad feeling about this. This is found on everything, every uh, platform that you can find this podcast on, and and we will. Ooh, I can't say all of us will guaranteed be back on the ninth, but. We will be seeing you every single Tuesday um, until, you know, something happens. Maybe Russell Wilson causes the earth to explode. I don't know. Russell Wilson goes to, mm, let's say, Carolina. Nowhere. Oh. Carolina. I read that the 49ers were looking to trade for Teddy Bridgewater. Kind of funny. <laughs> yeah. We are guessing. 49ers slander to end the podcast. Somebody make a funny noise so I can cut it right now. Uh, but- Baba Booey.